This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Jen Sun. Let's talk about the property overhang situation in the country. Malaysia's property market continues to face headwinds, no thanks to rising inflationary pressures and poor affordability, which has been made worse by the 100 bips increase in OPR last year. However, an issue which tends to be overlooked is the level of the property overhang. According to the National Property Information Centre, or NAPIC, the residential overhang at S at the end of third quarter of last year stood at close to 30,000 units worth about 20 billion ringgit. The three key states which contributed the most to this is Selangor, Johor and Penang. In terms of products, high-rise residences contributed the lion's share of the overhang at 64% and products priced more than 1 million, also taking the majority at 43%. Meanwhile, what is worrying is NAPIC's revelation on the ageing of the total overhang numbers where 71% of the properties have not been sold for the past 5 to 10 years. So what does this mean for the state of the developer's balance sheets as inventory has to be written down? And what sort of policies should the government be looking at to address this? So for some thoughts on this, we speak to Pankaj C. Kumar, independent business commentator who wrote about this particular issue in a recent column. Pankaj, good morning. Thanks as always for joining us. Now, according to NAPIC, the states which have the highest overhang are Johor, Selangor and Penang. And these states account for half of the country's total overhang. What do you think explains this? Is this a function of overbuilding or could it be because of um, factors like the higher Bumiputra quota in a state like Johor, for example? Uh, good morning, Sajana, Shaoning and Jensen, and thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I think the question that you pose is rather specific with respect to Johor's uh, state overhang data and the reason for it. Uh, at this point, we do not know whether this is the case. Uh, as Johor's overhang data is skewed yeah, towards those that have been in the market for more than five years, but less than 10 years. And this alone, if you look at the numbers, uh, it's about 16,800 units. And that is like 83% of the overhang. Uh, but specifically, the service apartments are the real uh, you know, culprit for Johor, uh, as that alone is more than two-thirds of the overall overhang. Uh, and if I, if I look at the data, I believe these are meant for the higher-end market segment. And one of the factor two, could be the unsold Bumiputra units. However, even if the developers were able to apply, yeah, for example, uh, exemption uh, from having to comply, I reckon the data would still not show any difference uh, as these properties were simply not meant uh, for Malaysian buyers uh, but targeted towards overseas buyers. And Pakaj, the third quarter data from NAPIC shows that 64% of the total overhang comes from high-rise residences, like you mentioned, and also 43% of the total overhang are for properties costing more than 1 million ringgit. Why are developers still focusing on this space when there has been a glut for years? Yeah, Jensen, I think the 64% number in terms of units and 43% that you mentioned just now is actually... Um, are those coming from the residential segment and not the service apartments. Uh, critically is to look at the aging profile. Yeah, we will see that in terms of properties that are priced uh, one, ringgit, 1 million ringgit and above uh, in the residential segment, these properties actually make up only 15% of the total number in terms of number of units. Uh, so the bigger overhang in terms of number of properties uh, priced between 300,000 to 1 million ringgit. And those alone accounts for 61% of the residential overhang. 
yes, I agree. Uh, we have a glut in the market in terms of numbers, uh, but the data also shows that the residential overhang for properties that is not sold up to three years is only 5.6% of the overall overhang. So much of the overhang is, is, is actually skewed towards the older properties that has been in the market for the longest time. And most of them are in the five to 10 years uh, bucket, uh, making up about 60% uh, of the total overhang. Okay, so let's build on that point uh, about the properties which haven't been sold, which are aged between five to 10 years. What would the impact be on the property developer's balance sheet from this unsold inventory? I think if you look at it uh, in terms of numbers, uh, yes, uh, since they have these properties have been in the market for the longest time, and they and it's very difficult to sell them, you know. And and the reason could be is either they are wrongly located, wrongly priced, uh, you know, targeted for the wrong target market, for example. Uh, so they will continue to remain as part of the statistics, yeah. And 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 very difficult to to get them off the book uh, if nothing is done to actually, you know. Uh, do something about it. But what can be done then, Pankash? I mean, is it the question whether the developers are, you know, very reluctant to lower prices or are these properties really just not saleable? I think if you look at it uh, in terms of strategy, I think both developers and, uh, you know, regulators would have to sit down and see what can be done. First is to identify where are these properties, you know, what are the reasons for it that they remain overhang? And second, I think a point that has not been uh, presented by NAPIC is the issue regards to whether these properties that are in the overhang uh, category, especially the older ones, are they privately developed or are they uh, government schemes? Yeah, uh, so we need to identify where are they? Yeah, uh, if it's a government scheme, then the government got to think about what to do with it. As you know, government came up with a lot of uh, uh, projects uh, we had Prima, we had, you know, other housing schemes, uh, state housing schemes. Yeah, and some of these also remain unsold. So, again, you got to see what is the the balance uh, between properties that are overhang that is part of the government schemes and which are those that is privately developed, uh, be it listed companies or unlisted. So in order to raise cash, we do see some developers opting to lower substantially the pricing of unsold inventory to prices below the initial launches. I mean, do you see this having a cascading effect on prices in the secondary market? Um, could it worsen the situation? Yeah, good question, uh, Shazana. I think I guess if the property is not going to sell at the original price for the longest time, clearly even the secondary market prices uh, for the same development would have dropped as well. And I think for developers, uh, managing ready inventory is part of risk management as well as cash flow. And a developer will not want such properties idle, but to turn them into cash if there's an opportunity to mark them down to a more market receptive price. So to me, yes, uh, this may hurt the original buyers, but if prices have already dropped in the secondary market, there's really not much uh, to complain. Uh, another method, of course, to appease uh, original buyers uh, is to provide them with some form of cash payouts. Yeah, to compensate for the lower price. But I really don't see that happening at all. And Pankaj, how should developers then work with regulators and the respective state governments to address this overhang issue? I think we need to address the real elephant in the room and not just what is inside the room. Uh, while what is inside the room, that is the overhang that is concerned. The real elephant is in the room are aging properties of more than five years in the market. Some have been in the market for more than 10 years. 
Uh, yes, they are still part of statistics, but if we don't find ways to dissect them in terms of types, prices, locations, we will forever be having them as part of statistics. So regulators and property developers would need to come out with strategies to address them and to attract buyers to these properties, perhaps maybe a rehabilitation exercise and with a significant price reduction. Bottom line is to remove them from the overhang data. And I think we also need to uh, break down uh, overhang data to identify whether the overhang is mainly due to you know, government housing schemes or those that are privately built, as I mentioned just now. Okay, Pankaj, if we look forward, should we implement what Singapore has, which is when you purchase land from the government or you start a new development, if you cannot sell the property by a certain period, then there are fines imposed. So it puts the onus on developers to think twice about the viability of the project. Is this something we should consider in Malaysia? I completely agree, Shani. In fact, I think one of the points that I wanted to make is, of course, with the budget 2023 just around the corner, uh, the government could propose a punitive measure yeah, for private developers who fail to clear inventory within certain time frame uh, via the introduction of a levy or some sort of penalty for the unsold properties. I think this is something to discipline uh, the developers uh, to ensure that you know uh, they are committed in terms of making sure that properties that they build uh, are actually, um, you know, meant for the market. Okay, the other thing we have noticed is that the property prices in Malaysia are somewhat flat compared to other markets like Singapore, which has had a boom. Is this really down to the fact that A, we have an overhang and B, we just don't have an internationalization of our property market. We don't have foreigners coming in to buy aggressively or foreigners coming here to work and stay uh, in great numbers. I think the answer is clear. Uh, the answer is clearly B, yeah, because you can see if you look at the data, properties that has been overhang uh, less than three years actually is very small. Yeah, so the issue is that these properties are actually sold to the market, but because there is so much of uh, supply, you know, uh, we also see uh, especially high rises service apartments uh, when they are ready, they are not occupied. All right, in the sense that, of course, owner those who buy for owner occupation they are. But those who investors who buy them for to rent out uh, or hoping to flip into the market is not happening, yeah, because the market is not there. And and I think the other thing that I wanted to highlight is actually uh, when you talk about the market it, it solving the issue with respect to regulators. I mean, we overhang. I think the issue is about how regulators and state governments or you know, even developers uh, could s- solve this issue. I think if you look at the overall picture as far as the property market is concerned. Uh, there are two key gatekeepers uh, to ensure proper and systematic development and one that is sustainable and meeting the demand of the market. First is, of course, the local councils. Yeah? And second are the banks who finance these projects uh, as, uh, as very few developers have uh, financial means yeah, to do it on their own. Well, so what we need is an independent market and feasibility study for all projects approval and loan approval for these gatekeepers to evaluate them and to ensure we have a sustainable property development in the medium to long term that meets the market requirement yeah, based on demand and supply factors. I mean, if you look at it, the property market is a heterogeneous uh, market and not homogeneous. And hence, we need good quality independent studies yeah, to make sure that projects can be uh, are viable and you know, be given the green light. We also have to make many, too many agencies as far as property development is concerned, yeah. So, especially with respect to government agencies, so we need to streamline uh, these things to, uh, to make sure that we have a single agency looking at these things. 
Pankaj, thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. That was Pankaj C. Kumar, independent business commentator, weighing in on the issue of the property overhang in the country, saying that it's not really as big as an issue as some make it out to be, but there are definitely elements that warrant further looking into, further study and further policy making and decisions by the authorities that be. Yeah, I think the article was very interesting, what, what was written by Pankaj, because I think he did state that this is probably the first time that NetPick has actually revealed the ageing of the total overhang numbers. And it is, it is quite worrying that 70% of the properties have not been sold for 5 to 10 years. I think his suggestion is, of course, you have to distinguish between whether they are privately held by developers or they come from the government schemes, because the government has launched a lot of affordable housing schemes, the Prima, Roma, Selengoku, and he thinks that it's best to really bite the bullet and to really get these properties off the uh, stat- statistics by NAPIC. All right. And we will be looking to Budget 2023 to see if any of the proposals Pankaj mentioned could actually be put forth there. It's 8.48 in the morning. We're heading into some messages. And when we come back, we'll discuss the regional tech sector, including what's behind the fall of fortunes behind names like Goto and Bukalapa. Stay tuned to BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.